<laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Terror and Tacos. This is Christy. I'm Michael. And we talk about terror, and we also eat tacos. We finally are eating tacos again on, oh a, on a very regular basis. God, on a very regular basis. And today, we thought that since we are going to talk about... The Conjuring 3. The devil made me do it. We would also go talk about some um, Catholic tacos. Yeah, Catholic tacos. So there's this new place, Michael, in town called St. Taco. St. Taco. And uh, the one that we went to is on Greenville and Lovers across Mm -hmm. the street from like Old Town. Yeah. Um, I lived right over there when I went to SMU. Right. I lived over there not too long ago. And there's another one over by Dallas Audio Post in Irving. Um, But we went to this one and some of our friends who have very strong opinions about tacos are going to, um, their names begin with Chachi and Maximo, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. are going to not agree with this because there's like a a whole thing about how crispy tacos are not real tacos. Sure. Um, And like, I guess I understand what they're saying, but these crispy tacos were legit. Yeah. I mean, this this was... So your first time there, my first time there... They have, I mean, just, it's, it's not yeah. just a crispy taco. It's not just a crispy taco. So first of all, they have the, the regular street tacos, um, with carnitas, with pork, with chicken, anything that you want, yeah. you know, and all the fixings around that. They also have tortas, they have burritos, they have enchiladas, all kinds of stuff, but they have this one taco and it's a crispy cheese wrapped taco so good and it's so good and it's a corn tortilla fried into a hard shell Mm -hmm. and then you can choose your protein yeah um we both got fajita right we both got well i got a fajita and a picadillo which is like ground beef Mm -hmm. uh, which is like traditional i guess for those types of tacos and then what they do is they take some kind of cheddar cheese, cheddar cheese. Sure. And they melt a big slab of cheddar cheese and then they wrap the cheddar cheese around the taco. Yeah. So you're not, you don't have sprinkle cheese in the taco. No. You have delicious melty cheddar cheese wrapped around this crispy taco. I mean, it's it's part of the taco, y'all. And it is a game changer. It is like a cheese sash. (laughs) The taco is wearing a cheese... Belt. <laughs> Hashtag cheese sash. It is so It was so good. good. And it was so delicious. I have to. Yes. Go to St. Taco. Um, mm-hmm. They We talked to, I guess, the, the woman who was, I don't know if running she was the, it. Yeah, running it. I don't know if she's the owner, if she was running it. She said they have, they're trying a new, this is yeah. a new concept. They used to be BB Bop. It's, it's where BB Bop used okay. to be. And so I guess they're not BB Bop anymore. Now they're St. Taco. And- I thought it was great. And I had, cause I had, so I had the fajita cheese wrap, cheese sash taco. Uh-huh. And then I also just had a, a straight up, uh, chicken, mm-hmm. what they would call street taco. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, uh, it was fucking delicious. It's so good. Really fresh ingredients. And for those of you who are vegetable lovers, they have, or who don't eat meat, they have an artichoke taco mm-hmm. um, that I did not try this time, but I will go back and they have lots of veggie taco options. So it's good for those of you that don't eat meat and their chips and queso was 
pretty good too. Yeah, it was great. And and it was not, at least what we got was not expensive. No. Um, I, so definitely go check out St. Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt it kind of was like going to church. So yes. I don't have to feel guilty it that was, I haven't been yeah. to church in 20 something It was years. a little bit of a religious experience <laughs> with, a, with a cheese sash. Um, so yeah, St. Taco, Saint Taco, Lovers in Greenville. Mm-hmm. It is a Catholic taco. When when we talked about conjuring, we we tied you brilliantly tied it into the Italian population and yes. we ate Sicilian pizza. We were gonna come back and do something in between, but we both had work stuff, right? Because the world has returned, mm, I guess, and we are forced to work. Yeah. Um. So we were like, hey, we'll just hold off. Conjuring three, Devil made me do it. Uh huh. Dropped on Friday on HBO Max. Is right. Also in theaters. Um. Christy, I, you know, this is on me. And uh, my, my <laughs> wife tells me this a lot. She's like, you get so excited about these trailers mm-hmm. and you get so excited about these movies and then you're always disappointed. Yeah. And uh, I had convinced myself that this was going to bring the Conjuring verse back to form so much so that I went to a movie. I went to my first movie theater uh-huh. uh, in 15, whatever months. Saw the Quiet Place Part Two. We can save that for another time. Okay. Came home at I don't know twelve thirty and just fucking watched Conjuring Three. That's how excited I was to see it on Friday night. And and were you disappointed? I at say two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I would say at twelve thirty nine, I was <laughs> disappointed. Um, uh, we should say this is going to be huge spoilers. And I know yeah. maybe a lot of people still haven't seen it. So there's your warning. I mean, there's spoilers and then there's spoilers, right? Yeah. I um, mean, it's like, basically I could say, go watch the exorcist. <laughs> um, go watch exorcist three. Right. And go watch Mario Bava's classic kill baby kill. Yeah. And you will have had a, med- a better experience. Abs- oh my God. Absolutely. Uh, this, <laughs> Uh, this is one of those movies. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to maybe say not since it too. Yeah. Uh, have I been uh, this viscerally angry? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really, really terrible. But like to your credit, I was excited about the trailer too. When you told me it was coming out and I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe they are going to redeem themselves from fucking La Llorona and the yeah, nun. Because it's been a long, we have gone years mm-hmm. since the conjuring two. And we've gone right. down this like Annabelle, Annabelle returns, Annabelle right. comes home. La, the curse of La Llorona, the nun, like we've <laughs> just funny. Annabelle comes, Annabelle home. comes like she's a fucking doll. Yeah. Like, um, uh, so we have, we have veered off into the nether regions of the conjureverse, Right. And we finally were coming back to, the core movie, right? Right. The core series in this thing. Um, it was fucking terrible. It was terrible. And I, you know, you, you said to me a little while ago, as we were enjoying delicious tacos, you said, it's okay for people to like what they're going to like. And I immediately responded with, is it like, (laughs) is it okay? I mean, there are things, I mean, you could say like, Mm, I don't like Starbucks. I like Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, okay, I accept that. Sure. Because they're both good coffees. Right. Right. You're going to like, you're going to like one of them. Yeah. You know, Uh, but, but if you, if if you're satisfied with this level of mediocrity and you think that that's what makes a good movie, 
just, you know, you're dead to me. Like, yeah. don't talk to me. The, the, and this is, the, we've, we've talked about this before. The, look, you and I both like movies that we acknowledge are not uh, quote unquote good movies. Or, but they're always doing something. They're doing something. The, the filmmakers are always trying to do something. something. And and I, I have no problem with even people, because like there's part of me that loves, and I know Dante is is was is sort of this part of this too. Like, man, show me a shitty fucking bad sci-fi shark movie. I love I, it. I'm on board. Yeah, that movie's not pretending to be to be five-headed shark. Whatever isn't pretending to be anything. Um, it gets it upsets me uh, when yeah, a movie that has this budget, a movie that is part of a series. In which the first one, as we talked about a week or two ago, is excellent. Is, is excellent. I mean, is a is has like elevated itself to the level of like classic haunted house mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. For it to turn into to this, this is is it, it's upsetting to me. Yeah. And then when people are argue, not even arguing, they're just touting it, but just yeah, and then telling me what why I should have liked it, right, or what I didn't get, right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to be an asshole right now. I fucking get it. Yeah. There are very few things you can show me that I don't get. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. Um, so please don't fucking don't tell me Don't come that. at me yeah. and it's like ex trying to explain yeah. horror movies yeah. to me. I, 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 th this isn't, you know, sorry. come on, man. This isn't Fellini fucking satiricon. Right. This is goddamn conjuring <laughs> movie. It's not like it fucking went over my head. Right. <laughs> um, right. No, this, there, there was no, there was no going over anybody's head. I mean, it's like, I think I texted you repeatedly. What is happening? Yeah. And it wasn't because it was some kind of like high concept avant-garde <laughs> thing that I had to get on board with right. or like, you know, I mean, okay. So when I watched Mandy, I was like, what is happening? Sure. But he was trying to do something. Absolutely. They were doing a very specific thing and I fucking loved, loved it. And I am confident he wanted you to say, exactly. what is happening? Yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> yeah. What is happening was part of your journey as an audience mm -hmm. member in that movie. Yeah. But for this, it really was like, I'm just lost. I guess yeah. Elaine Warren is, Lorraine Warren is a wizard She's now. a wizard now. Yeah. She's Harry Potter. So um, like, explain to me, I mean, we're going to get into it, but explain to me this, Michael. Mm -hmm. So how does Lorraine in this movie uh -huh. solve a completely arbitrary cold case file right. by touching a knife? She, right. also, she also touches a tree, Christy. She, I mean, come on. She touches a tree and a knife <laughs> and she solves a cold case file. She sees everything that happened everything. in the crime. Everything, everything, everything. And she even acts it out. Yeah. But when she goes into the lair <laughs> of the person they've been looking for the whole movie, which is crammed with occult demon artifacts. Uh-huh. She doesn't she can't she doesn't sense she, anything. She doesn't sense anything. She doesn't sense anything. Yeah. I mean it's it's so much so that she goes back by herself. Right. In the middle of the night. Um it's it's absurd. It's so fucking stupid. And and speaks to I think one of the the sort of greatest sins of horror movies. Uh, any movie really, but but it happens in horror and sci-fi a lot. When you do not understand your own rules. What rules? Yeah, what rules? When like, you don't establish rules. If, if you tell me this woman, like her... 
Dude, she has undergone like a superhero fucking evolution right. since part one. Right. And if like if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me, oh, she can sense things that happen to other people. Like it doesn't work on herself. If you like established that. Sure. Then I would be like, oh, okay, this is a thing that's going to happen to her. So she's not going to be able, but that is not established. No. She she's, sees all. Right. And so the fact that she doesn't see what's coming, coming is it's like. makes no what? sense. It makes no sense. I mean, even in the 1940s, someone at DC Comics was like, this fucking Superman can do anything. And then one other guy was like, what about kryptonite? Right. They're like, great, problem right. solved. Right. So that could be her kryptonite. Right. She, or she's, or not, she'd be like the anti Cassandra. Right. Um, or, or no, I guess, yeah, Cassandra. She could see anything except her own fate. Uh-huh. Right. So she would be Cassandra. That's not established. Never. She now can sort of travel through, I don't know, the mindscape. Um, she can bend space and time she can call upon the powers of the universe yeah to 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 stop someone that she is fighting in a dream world right um but she can't see the thing that everyone watching the goddamn movie saw coming from you know two hours earlier you know what else she does what else she she breaks into a funeral home dude (laughs) her and ed Break into, I mean, I lulled in my pants. Yeah, like, seriously, I, I, I was like, what? It, it is, and it, it is, again, it's like, this is so out of character. It's so ridiculous. It is so, they, they have, they have gone so far away from, from who they were in the first movie. And yeah. like the, this filmmaker, I'm using air quotes, has taken like, one thing that we learn about the Warrens in The Conjuring 1, which is that this is a couple that loves each other. Like mm-hmm. you said, he yeah. likes doing it to her in a nice, yeah. simple Catholic way. And, and she, thinks, she it's, thinks it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> And we find that charming and they love each other. Yeah. Right? That tiny kernel of whatever, which they're not even the main characters really in Conjuring has been like taken and made into the star of this movie. Right. But we don't care. It's like this movie, it is the enduring pure Catholic love of the Warrens right. that is the hero of this movie. And I don't give a shit. No. And I already know they love each other. Yeah. Like it doesn't. They told us in the first movie. Yeah. And I, again, I believe them because both of those actors are capable and it was written and I believed yeah. it. They told me they loved each other. Yeah. And they're charming. Right. Great. Um, this, yeah, I mean, I think part, oh, there's so many problems. There's so, yeah, there's so, there, there, there are lots of problems. I think the first thing that we should attack mm-hmm. is like th- one of the things that we love so much about the first Conjuring and one of the things that we love so much about movies in this genre, any genre of horror and actually that, that really works is that we have an emotional investment in the people who are being plagued by demons or ghosts or whatever the terrible thing that's happening, right? right? Like we have been, we are given information. We get to see the family or the couple or the person as a person without any kind of supernatural thing happening around right. them. And, and we get to care about them as people. Yeah. So that when, when the outside forces begin to work on them, we really want them to win. Yeah. And in this movie, the people that we're supposed to care about, which I don't think it's the Warrens. And if it is the Warrens, then they set it up wrong. Like it's the, the, the family at the beginning 
of the movie, right? Right. And and we we don't know anything about them. We don't, we don't care. No. And I think if it's supposed to be the Warrens, we know the Warrens are going to be fine. Like, right. Um, I mean, I I can look on Wikipedia and know that Ed didn't die in 1981. Right. Although he could have because he has a heart condition he's gotta, now. He's got to have. The demon gave him a heart condition. You know, the, the demon. <laughs> he didn't have a heart condition before. Like no. the smoking and the drinking and the no. greasy 70s food. No. Like didn't The demon give a, raised his cholesterol. Yeah. The <laughs> demon raised his cholesterol and gave him a heart condition. Yeah. And so, okay. So speaking of the demon, mm-hmm. so we start. Which is not unlike the original uh, or even part two. We have, in some ways, a, a prologue. Right. Uh, okay. Great. I'm fine. We meet the. It's the the um, the young boy who plays young Luke on Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Awesome. He's a, uh, a tiny bit older. Yeah, a tiny bit older. Uh, also, he's from Dallas. Yeah, which he's is, a good little actor. Yeah, which makes me very excited. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this. I once auditioned with his mother and didn't handle it well. Um, <laughs> she was very gracious as I like spouted off about Did how you, amazing her tiny fanboy. Yes. Oh, and she's God. like, <laughs> she's, I'm Thank sure. You. Yeah. She was very yeah, sweet about she it. She went to the casting agent. and was like, please don't cast please, that man. Please do not. Um, so yeah, he, he good, good, yep. good kid actor. We've seen him. Yeah. It's not his fault. Um, not his fault. So we, we, the prologue of this is this little boy mm-hmm. is possessed. possessed. And the Warrens have been brought in, as they are often, uh-huh. to to assist in the exorcism. In the exorcism. <laughs> right. Why does Ed know more about exorcism than the exorcist? I have no idea. Like what? I, hey, he's a he's a learned man. Yeah. I get it, but like, why does he know more than the fucking priest they that's being brought know, in? They seem to know more about Catholic theology than anybody, Any, anybody, anybody yeah. in the world in the in the Catholic. <laughs> universe Mm -hmm. so they're brought in Uh it's fucked up and i will say this um the first couple little scenes in that Mm -hmm. exchange i had hope there's a scene in a bathtub i I loved it it was great me too and then we get very and and we take a little moment to meet the little boy his sister's boyfriend Uh uh-huh is very much like an, a big brother to him. Right. Very much a part of the family yeah, at and this he's like, point. To the point where the little boy's even like, when are you going to ask my sister to marry you? Yeah. Like all See, that stuff. See, I thought, I thought that was going to go somewhere. Of course. I thought that was going to, I thought the little kid was going to be like, when are you going to ask my sister to marry you? And he was like, what are you talking about? And then demon voice would come out and he'd be like, you're going to fuck her. Yeah. Like something, yeah something like that. Something. And I would have been like, oh, that's uh, all right, cool. cool. Nothing. Nothing. Um, but we, so we meet them and then the demon, whatever. And then we have a very much, uh, I mean, straight out of like those movies you just mentioned, like the exorcist. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So he, he's being exercised, right? Mm-hmm. And Ed knows more about it than the priest. Like shit flies all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, like, it's really, really, really dramatic. And I'll be honest. Like my thought was like, where are they going to go from here? Right. Like there's nowhere to go from this program. Down is yeah, the answer. Down. Anyway, <laughs> so then the, the, the boy, um, or the, the, the sister's boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, says, leave him alone. He's just a little kid. Yeah. And he's talking to the demon and Ed and Lorraine are like, don't talk to him. Right. And then he says, 
don't take him, take me. Right. Which is way more than I would ever do for any of my boyfriend's family, but okay. Exactly. And also is exactly what Father Damien does to save Reagan. Right. Right. Exactly. Father Damien is smart and throws himself out of fucking window. window. Right. (laughs) So then he's like, I'm taking the demon in. Right. And then we cut to like, suddenly everything's okay. Everything's great. And now the boyfriend and the little boy's sister uh-huh. who are, are clear together. Yeah. Right? They, they, they now live in a room above a dog kennel. Yeah. He has a secret demon now who hates dogs. <laughs> that's, that's, I was like, so the demon hates dogs. Like, I don't understand. They, uh, they, and the, their landlord is like this asshole guy like, who's really loud fuck, and loves man. blondie. And like, okay, Chris, can I, okay. Can I just raise, this is, the only thing I liked about this movie is that they played Eddie Money. That's yeah. the only thing the I liked about The soundtrack was legit. Yeah. And and that has been a staple of at of least all of the them. Conjuring movies. Right. Maybe not the whole universe. So, but. so we should say that this is based on a true story. Ba- yes. So it is actually a court case. Like there was- A fascinating A court fascinating case. court case where this guy- Played by Rory O'Connor. I'm going to call him Rory because I don't know how to yeah, pronounce great. his weird like Gaelic name. Come on, man. Um, Rory, I'm going to say. Um, plays this guy who was actually on trial for stabbing to death his landlord. Right. Um, and the lawyer was like not guilty by because of demonic possession. Yeah. Like it was one of the first times that was done Fucking in the United States. Fucking bold move. Like to me, that's more fascinating. Absolutely. Right? But in this, in this movie, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just like this ridiculous scene where they're playing Blondie really loud and he goes nuts. Yeah. Yes. So he, yes, they're living in this dog kennel. Kennel? <laughs> dog kennel house? Sure. Dog kennel house. I'm like, y'all... That girl's parents have a beautiful home. I feel like there's probably an extra room. Anyway, but they're living in a dog kennel house. The landlord is something out of like a bad cartoon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He reminds me of like that guy that lives next door to Master Shake. Exactly. Yeah. That is exactly. You know who I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. Yes. And so he gets really drunk, gropes the girlfriend. I think so. Like he's playing Blondie super loud. Trying to dance like, with I her. I don't understand. He's the landlord, but he works for them. Like, I don't uh, know. It make, none of it makes it, none any of it made sense. sense. And so he's like, let's dance one dance. And yeah. she's like, I don't want to dance. And he, since he already has a secret demon in him that hates dogs. Sure. Like he's looking through the secret demon's eyes. Yeah. And through the secret demon's eyes, it looks like his girlfriend is enjoying dancing with Master Shake. And <laughs> then... All, All hell, hell breaks, breaks loose. loose. Yes, because then he starts to see the landlord as a demon. Yeah. What's his name? Carl. It's Carl. Carl. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's Carl. Um, I've told you that uh, I yeah. played Snoopy to Master Shake's Charlie Brown, yeah, right? Yeah, you've yeah. told me this story. It's very skilled. He actually is <laughs> great. He's a great actor. Um, so anyway, so then he, yeah, he sees Carl as a demon. So of course he stabs the fuck out of Absolutely. him. Absolutely. And so then he is arrested Uh uh-huh and And again they use the scene in the trailer which is like to me is such a fascinating intriguing scene he's walking down the street covered in fucking blood right cops pull up like and he just turns and says i think i hurt someone 
that would have been a great story. Absolutely. I would have been more interested in watching the court procedural. Yes. And how Ed and Lorraine come in and, like you said, convince everybody that demons exist. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it have been cool <clears throat> if, like, you know, here I go doing the John thing. Wouldn't it have been cool if, like, the, the movie took place in the courtroom, right? Yeah. And then if eventually we see the demon come out in the courtroom or something, something. like that. And so, yeah, because you, you even have, and also I think it could have started with the kid walk, like the first scene of this movie should be the kid walking down the street covered in blood. Right. I think I hurt somebody. I th- like, whoa, shit, what's happening? Right. Um, we don't do any of that. They meet, so the Warrens meet the lawyer, right? And Ed has his line is like, the court accepts the existence of God every time someone's sworn in. I think it's time they accept the existence of the devil. Oh, he's always dropping truth bombs. Yeah, he like really that. is that Ed yeah. Warren, even with his heart problems. Even with Christy. his heart problems. But like you said, okay, cool. Then prove it, man. Right. That's not. And then we abandon that story completely. completely. Fucking abandon. We it. Ab- completely abandon. Rory O'Connor's court case. He, he, cause he, he goes, he's in jail, right? He's in jail and they show us he's in jail by imitating a shot from Exorcist 3. 3, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that shot came when I was, I mean, there were so many places in this movie where I was like, Exorcist, Exorcist 3, yeah. Exorcist, Exorcist 3, The Shining, yeah. Exorcist and it's 3. Like, there's, there's an homage and then there's just like there's just a like, cheap imitation, yeah. right? Like it's clear that you love this movie, so I'm just going right. to maybe go watch that movie instead. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a way better movie. Yeah. All of those movies. So, okay. So he's in jail. Okay. This is, this is where it starts to get so fucking stupid. Yeah. So he's in jail. Please tell me because <clears throat> I don't remember. The Okay. So he's in jail. Rory. Can we just call yeah, him Rory? Yeah, let's call him Rory. Rory's in jail. Um. But the Warrens, they're going to help, right? Because this kid, he's like in his 20s, right? Yeah. He's going to get he's going to get the fucking death penalty. Right. And they're like, this can't happen. This can't kid happen. was possessed by a demon. Yeah. We saw when he took the demon on. Yeah. Um so they're like, we got to go to the cops and we got to get help. Oh my god. So then they go to this detective and they're wait, But like they find Wait, do they are you, the the detective from the cold case? Yeah. Be- oh, but we got to meet the priest. We got to meet the I'm priest sorry. first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Which priest? There's a few priests. So there's because there- bef- before they go to the to the cold case cop, uh-huh. they find a totem. They find that's right. Yes, I'm sorry. They find a, a, a Satanist totem under the house. Under the house, which then because now we're in the 80s, we're not in the 70s anymore. Right. So instantly we're like. Okay, satanic panic. Here we go. Here we go. So we've got like demon possession. Uh Uh-huh. And then we've got satanic panic. Satanic panic. panic. Okay. And so they find the Satanist totem and their priest friend is -hmm. like, there's another priest you need to talk to. Well, he's not a priest anymore. Oh. (gasps) Oh. (laughs) This is intriguing. This is intriguing. And so they go to meet this former priest. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Played by a guy who's in Fringe and in the Lord of the Rings movies. He's a really good actor. He's a really good actor. Um, and that was interesting. Yes, because he... he because le- he's a good actor. He's a good actor, absolutely. And he left the priesthood. He was studying cults, right? right. And then kind of started to 
maybe not sympathize, but wanted to understand. Mm-hmm. He was clearly like right. fucking going down his own path. Right. And so he's like retired from the priesthood. But like you said, he has this room full right. of occult objects. Which also like John was like, wait a minute, hold on. Because they go down to the room of occult objects, right? Uh-huh. And Lorraine is like, you should burn all of this stuff. Bitch, you have a and museum in your fucking John, house. John was like, I wouldn't talk about yeah, you, bitch. Like, Why don't you burn all your shit? You're still holding on to fucking Annabelle. Right. That bitch has had four movies of her right. own. Get out. Get out. Um, Yeah, that was, again, and it's like, have you watched- Your own movies? Your own movies? Like- <laughs> Of course she, they, yeah, it was so like, I don't want to go down there. I'm like, you have the same thing in your own house. Right. So they take the totem to the priest and the priest is like, oh, this is the occult of the, of the goat or the ram, the ram, the ram. So be careful with the ram occult or whatever. So then they start to find these ram totems everywhere yeah in multiple places and we get like a very brief <sighs> the satanist's only goal is chaos right like, oh, okay so we don't have to have any rules so right. that, anything, that's anything, that's your excuse anything can fucking happen uh-huh. uh when are a satanist powers uh strongest christy at night great cool so that's why nothing happens that's during why the day. that nothing happens during the Do day we discover that in any interesting way no not really they just tell us okay she just says Satanist powers are greater at night. And like I told you, I'm like, I would think that they would be more powerful when the shops are open. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when you can get shit. And I love when we get that, we get that line like 55 minutes in. Right. When the screenwriter was like, oh, fuck, man. Why hasn't anything happened in 20 minutes? Uh, because Satan's powers, Satan's are, powers greater, are at night. greater at night. But in what time zone? Um, yeah. So, okay. So they've met the former priest, the totem. He explains it. Kind of. Kind of. So now they know that they're after, so they make copies of this picture of this This totem. totem. Really fast, by the way. They must have gone to like a 24-hour photo map. Yeah, because like, this is again, this is The next day, they have like 100 copies. This is pre-Kinko's, y'all. Right. So Um, they had to go to like the little camera-shaped photo mat in the parking lot of the Minyards. Totally. That's the only place they could get it. That's the only place they could get it. Super fast. And you've got to get to Minyards. Right. Um, then a detective right. from some town in, in New, New England, New England somewhere. Um, contacts their buddy, you know, who, who is it? Drew is his name. Drew? Yeah. And he yeah. was in part one. He's back. Yeah. He's hanging on. Um, and he's like, we got a hit, man. This, this detective in, in Drew is full of information in this yeah, movie. He is like walking exposition right. in but this let's, movie. Let's go back. Yeah. So he's like, dude, you gotta go meet this detective. He's seen this totem before. Right. They go to the detective. The detective's like, I'm not here to help you. You're here to help Help me. me. And then Lorraine's like, maybe we can help each other. What do you mean? And so she, she and Ed want to see the case file involving the, the, the the dead girl. Yeah. That whom they also found a totem. A totem. Yeah. And, and I guess like, you know, cops can't just give you a case file willy nilly. No. They need proof. They need proof. And so first he puts her through this like basic psychic test that she, of course, passes easily. Right. But then basically he's like, if you can solve this fucking cold case, mm-hmm. then I'll give you the file. Right. So it becomes like fucking Mario Brothers or yes, something. It's like, like we've got a side mission now uh-huh. before we can get back to the princess. We got to go get some fucking coins underwater. Right. And I'm just like, what is 
again, to quote you, what is happening? What is happening? So this is where we learn that Lorraine somehow has acquired wizard powers. Yeah, she she is a full-on man. She can year, go through time and space. Year seven at Hogwarts really fucking paid <laughs> off for Lorraine Warren. Yeah, so, so when she's tracking... So in the first Conjuring, and again, uh-huh. hey, I'm not... Look, I'm not saying she can't have gotten more powerful. No, and here's the thing. It's like, we love horror movies. I've already bought into this. Yeah. Like, I've already bought into the fact that you have psychic powers. Right. Why are you putting me through these crazy mental exercises of no logic? Right. To the, to the psychic powers. Yeah. So she now, now doesn't just see things. She sees everything, but she right. doesn't even really just see them anymore. No, no. Now she's almost reliving it, uh-huh. which is not, okay, new skill. She acquired yeah. a new skill. So she solves the cold case, I don't know, in like a tight 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. And it's <laughs> real clever and witty. Yeah. So fucking ridiculous. And so the cop being good to his word gives them the file <laughs> right. So he gives them the file. We see that cop for all of like maybe three minutes. On, yeah, I mean, like I mean, that yeah, whole thing, that whole, that whole thing lasts about five minutes. Sure. In the, and then we never see that cop again no. until the end. Until, We're going to save it. Uh, yeah. Because so, I was like, what? It's so stupid. Yeah. So yeah, he gives so them no. the file. Um, we also, Ed, Ed has heart problems, yeah. you know, but he's a, he doesn't carry his medicine around, yeah. Christy, because he's just yeah. a dumb fucking man. Oh, oh, well, let's not forget. So at the beginning of the movie, when the little boy had the demon in him, he uh-huh. jumps on Ed and gives him a heart condition. Gives him a heart condition. So that's when Ed has to go to the hospital. Right. And so we have a scene where Lorraine is sitting by the bed and the other priest is like, you should go home. Right. And she's like, I belong here. Have I ever told you how we met? It is. Oh so my God. One we, of the worst segues yeah. ever written it, it's terrible like absolutely we, we go terrible. to like this whole flashback of ed and lorraine doing tally's folly yes. <laughs> yes. involving a gazebo we met at a film and then there was a gazebo right and i'm like okay and they would have met in the what was 50s? this 50s <laughs> I don't yeah know. <laughs> yeah so it's like uh, we get this story about how ed and lorraine Met, met and sure. how they're they love each other and they knew since she was 17 that they were meant to be together yeah. okay and i'm like great that's great. fine we knew that already we knew that already from the first from the movie, first film from the first movie we know they where it was handled them. way more organically yeah but but thanks for the fucking for flashback. The flashback also also who doesn't play her as a young person vera farmiga's little sister's older sister vera farmiga's <laughs> little sister the misuse of Vera Farmiga's, of Vera little, Farmiga's sister. little sister in the Conjuring universe is tragic. It's tragic because how do you not use her little sister as her younger self? Yeah, and how it's is perfect. she not her or her grandmother in The Nun? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Right, right, right. You've been gifted siblings 20 years apart that are identical that twins. exactly <laughs> to each other. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. All right, so. So so that we get that arbitrary story. Gazebos, put a pin in that. Yeah, put it, gazebos and malt shops yeah exactly whatever. put a pin in it it's yeah. gonna come back in uh, a weird ass oh way oh my god in a weird ass way okay so who we've gotten through the side mission and we've solved the cold case right now they we gotta can, go get princess peach we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yes. So now they can try to get back to the case of my boy Rory, who's rotting away in jail. Whom we haven't seen in a while. No. And when we go back to him, he is he is seeing he's seeing demons or ghosts or something in the prison. And now the the demon or whatever. So like you would think that the, like, also like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like like they've put him on suicide watch. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And then the stupid priest who doesn't oh know anything about God. Catholicism. Right? right. Ed knows more about Catholicism than the stupid priest. Right. The stupid priest goes to him in his jail cell and says, everybody has a right to defend themselves and hands him a glass bottle. A glass bottle. He's on suicide watch. He's on suicide watch. He gives him a glass bottle of holy water. I'm going to tell you what, y'all. I know it seems like a long time ago. We had plastic and shit in the 80s. Yeah, we did. Like, you don't have to give him a glass glass bottle. bottle. Right. And there is nothing about holy water that says it has to be contained in glass, right? Right. And even if there was, they probably would not have told us in this movie. (laughs) No. No. No, no because there are no rules anymore. So now the demon, because apparently any bullshit is okay, is okay. Yeah, and so yeah, the demon he's on suicide watch because the demon is trying to get him to kill himself. Um, sure, right? Okay, okay. I don't. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. And oh man, okay. So then the stupidest thing ever happens Uh right okay which one yeah one of the stupidest things that we've already oh Oh, wait a minute when do they get the vase so like somebody sends ed (laughs) flowers right someone says and they send him flowers because he has a heart condition and so they're like oh they're so nice these flowers are so nice and so he's got a room full of flowers and then suddenly the flowers are dead Uh and because shit starts happening right and suddenly not only Maybe I'm getting out of order here. I don't know. It doesn't know. matter. Like, it not, doesn't matter. Not only can Vera Farmiga like travel through time and space with her new wizard powers, right. but now apparently we can travel through Ed's mind palace. Yes. Yes. We can hang out in Ed's mind palace. Uh-huh. Because he starts getting mind palace visions. Because there was a totem in the dead flower vase. In the dead, but they don't know that yet. Right. They have to break, they walk into the room and the flowers are dead. Yeah. And because flowers don't die, Michael. They live so when, forever. when you see dead flowers, you're like, oh. What happened? There must be a totem in there. <laughs> and so they break the vase. And there's a totem. And there's a totem. And so now we have, this is where I was like, Who so okay. It? So now we have like, Harry Potter versus Voldemort, right? Right. We find out, kind of, whoever sent the totem is a Satanist. She's called the occultist in the credits. But she looks like Nick Cave. She looks like Nick Cave. If she had, like, Nick Cave singing, I would be down with that. But, like, is she alive or dead, Michael? God damn it. I don't know. I don't know. um, I think she is alive. but Because she apparently also has mind powers. She has mind. So, yeah. So, then, okay. All of this, all of this is to set up the the fucking wizard showdown. But that's not the end of the no. movie oh, by no. any means. Oh no. So the Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick Cave Lady. Nick Cave occultist, Witch Lady Ghost. Nick Cave Witch Lady Ghost is doing Satanist shit and summoning a demon, and this demon is gonna possess 
Rory in jail. Right. Rory's going to kill himself. Because she has to kill a kid. She has to kill three dudes. Yeah. She has to give the demon these souls. Uh-huh. Sure. Why the fuck what, not? What for? I had no idea. Uh-huh. No idea. So right. So we see like she's doing her occult shit and controlling Rory mm-hmm. like a puppet. And he breaks the glass bottle that the idiot priest gave him. And mm-hmm. he's going to slit his fucking wrist. Vera Farmiga. Sorry. Lorraine Warren. Right is seeing this in her dreamscape mind palace psychic things. She legit casts a spell. Which is not Catholic. No. And she casts a spell across space and time to stop Nick Cave Witch Ghost Lady from getting Rory to kill himself. Mm -hmm. And she discovers, like, she's like... This is a curse and curses can, can be, be broken. broken. And then when Witch Lady Nick when Nick Cave Witch Lady sees her stopping her, because like literally oh Lorraine Warren at one point is like, I call upon like she might as well yeah, have been fucking like Gandalf. She's, yeah. yeah, or like Lady Macbeth calling <laughs> right. upon the powers. Right. Like unsex me here. Right. And like and then the Nick Cave what <laughs> what a, Nick Cave Witch Lady ghost. And what does she say when she sees her? How are you doing this? <laughs> like what is this? stupidest thing I've ever seen. I I mean, there was one time in my life when I went to go see Romeo and Juliet in Fort Worth, when Fort Worth, Texas had a Shakespeare festival that was actually really, really, really good. Yeah, it was a great festival. And I went to go see Romeo and Juliet and I'll never forget at the end of the play, the the Juliet, she she said, oh, happy dagger. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And I never forgot that. And when this ghost, Nick Cave, which lady ghost was like, how are you doing this? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. What? Is that her? Look in your program real quick. Did she grow up? Did she grow up in Fort Worth? <laughs> so crazy. No, and I, I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. And so, yeah. So Vera Farmiga stops her via her wizarding powers. And I mean, I really did was like, I was like, this is like, you know, but in Harry Potter, we're told that this is how Voldemort and Harry communicate. So I'm, right. I'm on board with it. Uh-huh. They were linked in wands and they fought, whatever. Right. Great. This is like... Completely arbitrary. What the <gasps> fuck? Still, we still don't know who Nick Cave Witch Lady Ghost is. Like no. we still we, we see her briefly at the beginning of the movie and we see her as a ghost. <sighs> I... An, an, yeah, I mean, an, an image, entity, a vision, an a entity, vision, yeah, something. something some, we see her as something. Right. And then suddenly, you know, again, back to my first point of like Elaine can see, or I keep calling her Elaine, Lorraine can see everything that happens, yet she doesn't see this coming. Right. Right. Which we both saw a hundred miles right. away. And, right. And she's able to stop this woman in by casting a spell or whatever mm-hmm. in the dreamscape. So I am not, because of that, I am not led to believe that this woman's powers are so significantly more than Lorraine's that that's why she's unable to see right. what's happening. Because again, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Harry Potter so much, but if you're like, well, Voldemort's stronger than Harry when Harry's little. So that's why Harry doesn't know, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, yeah, great. Sure. Right. That makes sense. Totally get it. One's an adult. One's a kid. Why right. not? This is like, she just beat her. Right. So, and the woman, 
what, how are you doing this? How are you is, doing is this? Is also baffled by Lorraine's right. power. So how does she not, not see, what's, see coming what's happening? Or see who she is. So somehow it leads her back, like all of this stuff that's oh, happening. God. I don't even know where Ed is at this point. He's, he's having heart problems, That's right. Christy. He's having heart problems. He forgot his My medicine. God, are you callous? They've told <laughs> us a million times that Ed needs to take his pills. Yes. And in classic, like fucking- 70s dude. 70s dude fashion. Like he, he would be him. dead if his wife wasn't next right. to him at all times. Right. So she has to go off and talk to the old former priest. The retired priest. The retired yeah. priest again. And he, she, she she goes to him and I'm like, well, here we go. Yeah. Um, and surprise, surprise. What happens? Uh, Nick Cave, ghost witch lady is his daughter. Right. That, <laughs> I mean, that we briefly was like, well, of course the church couldn't know. I'm like, well, no shit, dude. <laughs> so you went to go live in a farmhouse in New England that right. had all of these occult things in it? Right. And they they never found out they that you had a kid. They never found out that you had a kid because you kept her in the tunnels under New England? Come on, man. Come on. Um, and and be- then he gives her a warning. He's like, you must be careful of what you, of what you allow to take you away from your family. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this is, I guess the lesson we're going to learn. I guess, I guess. And at, because it turns out that Nick cave, Witch lady ghost is the ex priest's daughter uh-huh. who he raised in secret in this f- farmhouse loaded with occult right. artifacts. And so, because, because he was obsessed with the occult. Because he was obsessed with the occult, she became a Satanist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he has that line, like, well, watch what takes away from your family, then watch what we pass down to our children. Right. And I was like, okay, if that's the theme of this, I've seen Ed and Lorraine's daughter for one scene. For one scene. And she wore a college sweatshirt, so we were aware that she now lived away at college. And we're never going to so see her So we wouldn't again. have to worry about her being at home right. like we, she was we in the first kn- We knew more about her in the first movie. Much more, yeah. yeah. This was essentially like, I mean, and I, hey, I get it. That's fine. Like, she's at college. We're, we don't have to worry about her. But if you're thematically dealing with be careful what you pass to your children, right. Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. Um, shouldn't we see your relationship we, with your child? Right. And shouldn't we see some kind what, of, yeah, what this is doing to, to her? her? Um, w- yeah. I mean, and in real life, it th- seems like easy storytelling plot point. I mean, it seems like yes. easy storytelling points but that you should know you about. Should know about. And like, what's, uh, um, it's funny. Like, I, I don't want to, I know I end up, we always talk about our own stuff, but whatever. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you you came to listen. That's right. So no, like I was, you know, we're, hey, we're working on something new or we want to make something new and, and we want to play in this genre. It's uh-huh. one of our favorites. And, and, and we I, think we can do it we better. Think, yeah. And I said to you, like, I, I have uh, honestly like kept a list when I've been working on this script, Sim- just like, just reminders. Like, and one of the big ones is it's basically the rules we talk about. Right. It's like, it's like, keep it simple. Keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Right. And yesterday I spent yesterday, I didn't write anything new. I went back and what I have written, which is not a ton and stripped away. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Cause it was like, well, this is unnecessary. This is in the way. These are basic things. Like, mm-hmm. how are we not getting, if, if the hit of this is be careful what you pass on, how have we not dealt with this? girl who we knew as a little girl and who's right. now grown, you know, yeah. in college. 
How is that the theme if we don't even fucking see her for yeah, more than a minute? If we don't like it, and if we don't see what's going on in her life or how her parents' vocation has, has affected, has affected her. her, right? Right? We need like we. If that's the point of the, if film. that's the point of the film, and like that's what the I get. He's not the villain, but like it. It's given to us as a message in a very big way. Yes. So from that, a man who created right. the villain of the movie. Right. So we are supposed to believe that that high DC Jones, he's like on the table standing yeah. between me and Michael. We can't see each other because anyway, he wants attention. But so yeah, we're given this information by him and, but we don't have, anything to connect it to right and we don't know even we don't know anything about this woman that that is his daughter other than okay she became a satanist because he was in to the occult am i supposed to feel bad for her am i I supposed the thing it's like we don't we don't eat we don't get to meet her as a child either right we don't get to see her grow up with her father. We don't get to see any of that. We're just supposed to believe it because someone has told, told us. us. At, at, right before the climax of the movie. Right. And so it's, it's, I have, it's so bizarre. We, and don't, then, ca- we don't care about we anybody. We don't care. And then she shows up, she slits her father's throat. Right. And again, I was like, man, if I knew anything about this woman and their relationship, this actually could have been a very effective scene. Right. Um, like how sad that she has to do this. Right. Exactly. Um, But she has to, but she has to do it because yeah. Um, but we don't know any, like uh, up until that point, we don't even know that they're related until he tells us. And then suddenly she's slitting his throat and I'm supposed to give a shit, supposed to give a shit. And I I don't give a shit. No. And then also, you know, they do start with a little boy being possessed, which could have tied in to, this theme also, but the little boy's parents disappear. Disappear. We don't know what happens to them. We don't see what happens to them. We don't see what happens to them either. And also the thing that they're trying to solve is Rory O'Connor being in jail for killing the landlord. How does that fit in with this big message of be careful what you pass on to your children? Right. And so that makes no sense. And then it leads to... The dumbest fucking finale uh-huh. where you have Lorraine in the catacombs, mm-hmm. right? Is that what, I mean, the underground tunnels. The underground tunnels where Nick Cave, ghost witch lady grew up. Yeah, and has her altar. Yeah. And then the rule we are told, fine. Suddenly. If you smash her altar, it'll break. All the curses. All the curses. And it seems convenient, but fine. Well, Lorraine not seeing what was coming, uh, weighing, I don't know, 120. Right. Um, unarmed. Hey, she can't, can't turn over a stone altar, Christy. Isn't no, that weird? Yeah, of course. But luckily, luckily, heart condition Ed, he took his pills, took his pills. He's going to roll in with a fucking sledgehammer. Right. And in which we get, and because he has had a totem put in the vase, so now demon is in his is yes. is in him too. Yes, so that's now correct. He comes in with a sledgehammer, but demon takes over, right? And he he's coming after Elaine because the witch blows the thing because the face. witch blows something. In, we don't know what something. We don't know what she blows. Magic in his face. beans. Magic beans. <laughs> 
into his face and suddenly demon is in him. Right. And in a scene very reminiscent of Jack Nicholson chasing Shelley Duvall with a bat uh-huh. uh, or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Axe in the movie. Axe, bat in, axe the in the movie. Yeah. He, uh, he's chasing Lorraine. And what does Lorraine do at, at the climax? She's like, I love you. Yeah. And then he remembers when they did Tally's Folly in, the in college. In the gazebo at the community theater. Hey, Martha. Looking beautiful today. <laughs> he remembers when they did Picnic. Yeah. And then he loves her again. Right. And again, this is like a cheap play on how she saves Lily Taylor. Right. In the first one is remember. But again, that's like remember the love you have for your children. The love that this woman has for her children, mm-hmm. um, her the greatest day in this woman's life was going to the beach with her kids. Like we know yeah, how important yes. those children, of course. Right. I know how important Ed and Lorraine are to each other, but this is so fucking dumb. Well, they're not vulnerable. No. Like they're, she's they, a wizard, She's Christy. a wizard <laughs> and he doesn't need to take his heart pills. They're not vulnerable at all. At all. And we know they're going to survive. Yeah. So like, why do I care what kind of danger they're in? It's like, you know, it's when you go see an Indiana Jones movie, you know, Indy's going to win. Right. But that's, that's a different that, genre. That's a different genre. Like you go to see him battle these great odds, knowing that he's going to win. Right. And it's all about action. Ghost haunty movies. Right. Demon, whatever. I hate it. I told you, I hate it when they're turned into action movies. And that's what this did. It, and, and and you pick as your action stars a couple of middle-aged people who have no bit, like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it, does, their skill, it doesn't make any sense. Their skill is coming into a house and, and cleansing a house. Right. Cleansing a family. Not, I'm, I'm going to go solve a fucking murder. Like a I'm going to break into a funeral home and battle a big fat battle a big fat corpse that comes to life for reasons, and then um, the, the the corpse comes back after them for no reason, no reason at all. And then even the thing like even like you have to stop touching the corpse's hand. That's where the connection is. I'm like what what connection? What connection? Where did this? What is happening? Like what are the rules? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it tried to turn Ed and Lorraine Warren into, into action stars. Yeah, and, and it's, it's dumb. It is dumb. I mean, <clears throat> and I said it to you, it's the, the ghost haunted house genre a lot of times. I'm not going to say all the time, but many times it is about, it's a metaphor. They usually serve as metaphors for grief and loss yeah. and and what you're going through, right? Mm-hmm. Like losing something. And they're often really, really beautiful yeah. and touching. And when they're not that, they're just really simple, cool ass ghost S- stories. Scary movies. Scary movies. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but they're never action films. No. And, and this, this does not work as an action film in any way either because then it's no longer, there's nothing scary about this movie. No. Um, the first exorcism, the scene leading up to the exorcism um, at the beginning had potential. Yeah. Uh, I liked the the bath. I liked the hand. Mm-hmm. 
those little things. But then that quickly, uh, I just turned into CGI. Yeah, and it's like that just after that first, that initial scene, I was like, they have nowhere to go. Yeah, And you were right. They had nowhere there's, to go. There's nowhere to go. And, and, and then at the end of the movie, we get like all these, like all of these, like little plots that are being tied up, but who cares about who cares? these plots? Like yeah. we, we get oh, the, the scene. Cop. You got to tell them yeah. about the cop. We get the scene with the cop that was trying to solve the cold case. And you just get like, a tiny scene of him going to lay flowers at the grave of the victim of the cold case. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't know who any of these fucking people are. I don't know who they are. I met those girls in two minutes. Who cares? I got you a bracelet for your birthday. Great. Right. Who fucking cares? I don't care. They were lesbians. I don't yeah, I mean, who, like, I got that and like, I'm like, oh, okay. But you are a means to an end to solve the side mission to get Princess Peach. Like, I don't <laughs> need to see the cop. Right. Like, what are you doing? And then, oh my God, dude. Oh, the fucking gazebo, man. Yeah. Oh, and so then, yeah, they, they get the fucking gazebo. Like, that that's the end. Ed end. has brought the gazebo back uh-huh. where they met. Mm-hmm. And the last scene is of them happy. And In the gazebo. Him, like, you know, hiding her eyes like, I got you a surprise or whatever. He's brought the gazebo. But where they why did he home. bring the gazebo? Because like he wasn't conscious when she told the story of how they met at the gazebo. No, no, he wasn't, Christy. So like, why? Like, right? Wh- like, why is the gazebo in there? It makes no sense. Unless like in one and in some unseen scene, she was like, "Hey," while they were like driving to the funeral home <laughs> to, to break, break into in it. In she says, "Remember that time we did Tally's Folly?" I wonder if that gazebo still exists. <laughs> Like, it's so dumb. And again, you have what I, you know, I, I'm afraid to say I assumed would be the end of their arc. Yeah. Well, I no. doubt that, you know, cause of Hollywood. If in part one, mm-hmm. we had had a scene where Vera Farmiga is talking to Lily Taylor about how important family is. And she was like, Oh God, Ed and I, we met in this gazebo and, you know, I dream someday we'll be able to stop fighting fucking demons and just go back and enjoy that gazebo like right. when we were young. Uh-huh. Ten years later. Right. Hey, that's the end of that. We're told about this gazebo like 30 minutes in exactly. and we're supposed to care. Yeah. It's it I doesn't don't fucking I oh, don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. And so then the very, very end of the movie is we we finally go back to the courtroom. Oh, right. Because this was a fucking court case in real life. Right. We finally go back to the courtroom and it's like it's at the end of the of the trial and they're like, stand up. And he stands up and it's like, we find Mr. Blah Blah Blah. And then it ends. Yeah. And we don't, but then we get it in the tag at the end where it's like, he was found guilty of what? uh, Manslaughter. manslaughter, Right. Which meant he did not get the death penalty. Right. He ended up only serving like five years. Right. And he married that girl and they're still married. They're still married today. But you know, I feel like that movie's more interesting to me. Like if that, if that, if, if, if the story had started the way you said, right, I've just hurt someone. I think I've hurt somebody, this guy covered in blood. And then we go immediately to the court case and we see like that he has been found guilty or, or, or whatever. Like if we had followed the court case, which is supposedly what this movie is supposed to be about, right? that would have been a far more interesting 
film. Yeah, than I, what we than what than, we got than what we got then we then, got the know, adventures of Ed and Lorraine. Ed and Lorraine and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, truly, it like, really was. So then I told you this, but like, I'll say it for everybody else. I was, I was so pissed off and I started watching, you know, I just, you know, I love the Italian horror movies from the sixties uh-huh. and I put on a Mario Bava film from the sixties called kill baby kill. And I was just like, I have it on for noise. But then I started paying attention and I was like, hold on a second. I thought that maybe this director who clearly loves classic horror movies right maybe took an obscure Mario Bava film and stole plot points from and it and just tried to redo because it. it was very 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 similar to to the 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 plot of, if you can call it a plot of of this movie that's i the yeah so i i mean i you have can't, you can't fool me michael chavez no you can't, you can't fool me and look Michael Chavez, you might be a super great guy. I hope you are. Um, I am baffled as to how he was brought back to the series. Michael Chavez directed Curse of La Llorona, which is a travesty against my people. Truly. And and And, 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 and even, you know, I I have no, I don't have a connection to that story like uh you do. But it was a terrible terrible movie. movie. It was a terrible movie. And I mean... Every other Latin person that I've spoken to that was looking forward to watching that movie was also like, what the fuck? Right. Like you missed the whole point. Right. She of, never of even this, cries. Of this story you've, yeah. you all were told as, as I assume as, as, kids. as kids. Yeah. And like, how did they bring him back? I, I, do, I it's, it's baffling. It's absolutely baffling. Um, and you said something when we were eating lunch. Okay. You got the call, Michael Chavez. Great. For some reason they brought you back. How did you not learn anything? Yeah. yeah. How did you not look at this movie and go, oh, that didn't work in La Llorona? And, and, La- and hey, and that's part of it, especially if you're uh, an, a relatively new filmmaker, right? Mm-hmm. Like you and I talk, again, very different budgets we're talking about. But I mean, there are already things like you and I, when we watch, like we watch the latest cut of our movie, which is getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I think we're both happy with it, but of course we're like, fuck man. Yeah. Oh, I've next, I mean, next time I'll, I will exactly. do this. Like that, that happened to me when I, when I watched the, the, the last, the latest cut of it, I was watching I'm, the dream sequence in the movie. And I was like, oh, I should have done that, that I will know that next, next time. time. So, you know? I mean, that's part of life, right? We fucking learn. You're supposed from, to learn. Learn from your mistakes. Right. Especially if you're getting what I assume is at least a million fucking dollars. Yeah, so like why do you why are people okay with this bullshit? I, I don't know. And I brought this up. This is this goes back to what you said at the very beginning because I was like, "Ah, you know, you you can like what you can like." And then you were like, "Can you?" And and, and that's uh, it actually kind of upsets me, man. Mm-hmm. Um that the, because this is just going to perpetuate uh right. uh that we're that we're fine with mediocrity. With mediocrity. And, and I want to just say a couple things. Just because actors are good doesn't mean the movie is good. Right. Just, exactly. Just because you like Patrick. Who doesn't like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga? They're the least threatening fucking people on the planet. Right. They're charming. They're attractive, but not insanely attractive. Right. And they're good actors. And they're good actors and they seem like good people. And they have good chemistry. Great. 
And you fucked all that up. You fucked all that up. And just because you got them doesn't make the movie good. Right. And I'm sorry, watchers, just because you like an actor doesn't mean the movie is good. No, it doesn't. Sorry. Sorry. And even if you're like, well, I'm into Satanism. Great. And I said this to you, I'm into football. That doesn't mean every movie about football is good. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, it's like what I told you. I mean, it's like the people who say that this movie is good are that, that, that they like Satanism and, and ghost movies. And so that this is why they like this movie are the people who claim they like Italian food while shoveling SpaghettiOs (laughs) in their fucking maws. It is exactly like saying, I love Mexican food and eating Taco Bell every day. Right. Right. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with Taco Bell. Right. But don't fucking call it the thing. Okay. Right. Exactly. Like, and, and I know sometimes, cause I know Aspa just watch, she just watches me fucking fume and she's like, you know, why it's, it's just a movie. Like, why do you get so upset? And I was like, it is just a movie. But to me, it is indicative of a larger issue. Yeah. Um, It's not, I'm not just angry because Conjuring 3 sucked, right? Um, I'm angry because it was fucking lazy, because it didn't care, it didn't try, it didn't show any appreciation to where it came from. Uh Or, or like, or even the movies that it paid Or even the movies that it paid, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Not those and not what James Wan did. Um and then enough people are going to say, loved it. It was all right. And they're just going to pour millions of dollars more into another fucking shitty movie like right. this that could pay for five or six young, not even necessarily young, but new filmmakers who are really trying to tell stories. Right. And, and it's not going to fucking happen because you all fucking like Vera Farmiga and think that means the goddamn right. movie is right. good. You thought that Nick Cave ghost lady disappearing <laughs> and being super, super tall and super, super skinny and unusual looking right. is enough to make to, a scary make- movie. It's not, I'm sorry, to me, to me, it's not just a movie. No, I, it's it, not it, yeah. just a movie. You're right. This, this subgenre of horror has so much potential to talk about the human condition. Yes, that when 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 you just fuck it in the ass the way this movie yeah. does, it's it's a tragedy. It is because then people turn around and watch a masterpiece like The Conjuring, yeah, or The Others, or The Orphanage. Or Espinazo del Diablo, or something like that, or the uh, uh, House of the Devil, right? And they will say this is too slow. Yeah, there's not enough scares, right? Or, or this, whatever. So yeah, this is a long way around, and I, I and maybe doesn't make any sense, but this is where I'm at because this is where I think this leads, and I promise you, I'm not making fun of a student of mine. Uh-huh. They are young and this is how they are. I used to teach 1984 when I yeah. taught English, right? Mm-hmm. Now I just teach theater. And one of my students one year, this was a few years ago said, Hey Federico, like this book was cool, but like, I mean, all it does is steal from the hunger games. <laughs> and Aww. yeah. And I was, Hey, and I was like, Hey, look, man, you know how years work, right? Like this was, <laughs> so we had to talk. He's, it was fine. But to me, this is, this is, this is. It is a symptom of a, a greater sy- yeah. thing. I mean, it's like we both, you know, uh, people who are like, yeah, but this is like visually, this is visually stunning. Right. First, 
it's not really it's a mess, it's, it's a mess visually. It's the editing does not help tell no, a story at all. At all. And if you just want to look at pretty images, there's a thing called TikTok. <laughs> there's an app called Instagram that yeah. has reels on it. Like you, I don't, when, when I go to Instagram to watch those reels or those stories, I don't expect a story that's meaningful. So when you get one, it's nice, but like, I just expect pretty images. Yeah. Or fun stuff. Right. Yeah. You have 90 minutes and bajillions of dollars to tell a, a story. story. Yeah. And, and it is a mess. It is a mess. And and to say like, oh, it's all about just the imagery. No. Th- there are, okay, then go watch a fucking Fellini movie or go right. watch yeah. a Lynch movie. Yeah, or, or go watch Argento. Or, or, yeah. Yes, exactly. Go fucking watch Argento. He's going to be like, I don't, plots, bull, who gives a shit? Yeah, it's incredible uh, to look at. They all speak different language. Who fucking cares? Uh, th- yeah, it's, it's upsetting. And, and I think this is, this is how we get to the shining is a comedy. This is how we get to 1984 stole from hunger games. Um, that we just accept mediocrity over and over and right. over. And so then things that are, that are truly this special. This is how we get to Donald Trump. This is how we get to Donald Trump. It's, yes. It's true. Yes. That's why yeah. it's not just a movie. I, I, you're, I agree. And, and it's look, easy. Is the conjuring three going to end the world? Probably not, but it is a symptom and, um, it fucking angers. It just angers me. Yeah. It just angers me. Yeah. It's, uh, um, so it, that, it pisses me off. Yeah. So that's where we're at. The end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's do that again. What with crickets? No, that's crickets. Oh no, there it is. Sad trombone. Sad trombone. But hey, I did watch a movie that I really, really liked based on a 18th, 19th century novel that I like that I'm always talking about called Carmilla Mm -hmm. by Sheridan Le Fanu. And this is a British movie that has Tobias Menzies in it. Dude. Um, and God, I can't remember the name of Emma Thompson's husband. It's Greg something. I think it's Emma Thompson's husband. Emma, yeah. Because if it was the other way around, they would just call her his wife. So right, we'll exactly. just call him Emma Thompson's husband. And, the, you know, it's it's one of those movies where they probably had those two great actors for like a couple of days, uh-huh, tops or whatever. Sure. And it's a slow burn. The, the young actresses are unknown, but it's a great story directed by a young female director Mm -hmm. um and i think she adapted the story also and this is an example of one of these like low budget movies that really takes care Uh uh-huh and you can tell that the filmmakers loved this story right that's wanted to tell and it's like a it's not just like a a rehashing of carmilla for those of you that don't know what carmilla is you know it's like a vampire story that predates it's one of the, it's um, Dracula. It's one like, of the first it's one of the first in the like western canon yeah, right exactly yeah. and it's a retelling of it and from a very very female perspective um from like i mean female perspective like from this century right um and it's great because you can tell that she loves this story and I just don't know if Michael Chavez loves the story yeah, that he's telling. I, um, yeah, that's and I need to watch that. Yeah, and I, man, I, again, 
execution doesn't always work out. I, I, I really do understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. Like we've all been in plays that uh, we've all, <laughs> all of us, <laughs> everyone, every single one. I mean, we, for you and I, like you, you and I have been in shows that we know they could have, they could have been better. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for lack of trying. Right. Something didn't work or whatever. Or like you said, in the film that we made, Oh shit. If I had it to do over that, knowing yeah, that I, if know I now, had more time, if I had more time, if I had known now, known then what I know mm-hmm. now, I would have done such and such. I, I get that. I, I don't, begrudge people failing at something. No. I begrudge people not fucking caring and not trying. Right. And being lazy and and I think arrogant. Yeah. To think that like, so what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna do that fucking uh scene from the exorcist. It's gonna fucking blow people's minds. Yeah. And it's like, no exactly. Fuck you. Yeah. You know. Uh I I say fuck you to Quentin Tarantino when he does that. What makes you think I'm not gonna say fuck you to you two? Yeah man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, and he's a much better director than most people. Yeah. So, and still deserves a fuck you. And still and deserves a fuck you. Yeah. So, fuck you, Michael Chavez. Boom. Um, fighting words. It. What if he shows up? I don't care. He doesn't even spell his name with a Z at the end. He's a fake and a phony. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> Gauntlet has been thrown, Michael Gauntlet Chavez. Has <laughs> been thrown. Secretly want to get Chavez is my name too. I secretly want to get an email like, hey guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm just, really sorry. Just I was just, trying to make a movie. <laughs> I just really wanted to buy that boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and he, here we are. And it's like, also maybe the editor was like, fuck you, Michael Chavez. I'm going to do whatever sure. I want to do. And hey, or the, or the studio, big studio and was all, like, all of those things. It might, whatever. Not, it might not all be Michael's fault. But this, but here's another symptom. Like it is, this is why I said that maybe these kinds of movies belong in the hands of like small filmmakers that fly under the radar because a lot of times I think that like the big studios or the big producers, the big money, they just want to make money. Yes, of and course. And they, they don't care about storytelling. They right. don't care about uh, you anything. Know, anything. They yeah. just want, it's a, another name in the franchise and no matter what, it's got the conjuring label on it. It's going to make money. So who fucking cares? cares. And, the, and the thing is when the first one came out, James Wan obviously had made a name for himself. He made Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, then I can never remember if Insidious conjuring like how that, how those series match timeline wise. But again, he wasn't. I mean, now the dude's making Aquaman. Like right. he wasn't that yet. No one knew the Conjuring. Again, we all love Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, but even they were not super famous. Right. So it was a small movie. Patrick Wilson was a theater actor. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, he had been, and it was a small movie, and he it became this thing because it was fucking good. Right. Because it scared the shit out of people. Right. Um, and now it is, yeah, this fucking weird commercial juggernaut of a, it has its own fucking extended universe. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they don't care. Um, so that's where we're at. We don't care. We don't, we fucking hated it. Uh, we're back to fucking hating things. Haters are back. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you know, if I had seen it in the theater, no, I still would have hated it. Yeah. Um, but I did let a lot slide on Quiet Place What did you two. see in the theater? Quiet Place 2. Yeah. And I let a lot slide. Yeah. Because I was just happy to the be theater. back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll figure um, out something. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll watch Carmilla and we'll maybe do that. Yeah, or, maybe I'll watch um, Quiet Place 2. Yeah. And, Dude, you she's know. still wearing that anthropology I'm dress. I'm sure Christy. she is. And I'm sure she's got perfect skin and her hair is, it is. gorgeous. <laughs> 
I'm I sure. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but it's like kind of amazing when you're like, oh man, her husband shot that. Yeah. When he was like, you make her fucking look perfect, <laughs> yes, you son of a bitch. Exactly. And the DP's like, yes, sir, Mr. Yes. Brzezinski. And it's like, I and mean, like, she's a beautiful woman. Don't right. get me wrong. However, it however. is the apocalypse. Right, right, right. It is the apocalypse. You're supposed to, I mean, you're supposed to be running away and sweaty all the time. All the time. Like, you can tell from the trailer that there's not a place where Emily Blunt's going to look bad. No, no. Yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. coming off of Mayor of East, uh, East, East Town, Town. Where, where Kate Winslet's like, make me look as bad as fucking possible. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, whole other story. We'll be back. We'll find something. Maybe we'll try to find something we like since we were so angry this week. Go to St. Taco. We it's did like that. really, really, really delicious. All right. We'll see y'all. Yeah. Rock outro. In Taco's. Tacos.